Welcome to the Body Reclamation Podcast, a space for women who are ready to end the battle with body shame and food guilt. I'm your host, Nazira Sakasa, body image and embodiment coach. I'm here to support you to come home to your body and heal from emotional and binge eating. On this podcast, my guest and I explore in-depth conversations and we unpack the many layers that impact our relationship with our bodies and food. Get ready to reclaim your body as a source of wisdom, power, pleasure, and aliveness. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome. I've had this deep desire to start this podcast for a while, so I want to take a moment to celebrate. It's finally here and I want to thank you for listening. You know, throughout my journey, I've learned to really trust in divine timing. And I think this is something that can be applied to our healing journey around food and our relationship with our bodies. Sometimes we feel like we want to rush things and we wish that we were already on the other side of recovery. But trusting in our own process and our own journey and our timing is so important. So here we are, the first episode of the Body Reclamation Podcast. Today, I want to take some time to share my personal story, my body reclamation journey, and how I became a coach and a guide for women to go through their own healing journey. So my struggles with food and body image started when I was really young. And honestly, I think it probably started when I was born. So my dad loves to tell my birth story and it goes something like this. Nazira, when you were born, you wouldn't believe it. You were a huge baby. All of the nurses were making bets to see who could guess how much you weighed and you weighed almost 10 pounds. All right, so my dad says this in a really loving and excited way, but I can't help to wonder how this impacted how I saw and related to my body. From a really young age, starting around like eight or nine, I remember being super self-conscious of my body and always comparing myself to other girls in my class. And by the time I was in middle school, I had already been binging for years and it got really bad when I entered sixth grade. So at the time, in between elementary school and middle school, I had a really good friend who I actually didn't see that summer. And so when we got back to middle school, she had lost all of this weight and all of a sudden she was super popular. And not only was she super popular, but then she decided she didn't want to be my friend anymore. And that was so heartbreaking. And on top of that, she became a bully. And so she started just treating me so badly, bullying me. And at the same time, my best friend had to move to Brazil. So this was just so heartbreaking and I didn't know what to do at the time. You know, it's just a kid, didn't have the skills to cope with my emotions. And so I really started to turn to food as a coping mechanism. And in general, in school, I just had a really hard time. I didn't fit in. I got was getting bad grades. And at home, my parents fought all the time. They were constantly arguing. So food became my comfort really it helped me to numb helped me to soothe helped me to not deal with the pain and sadness and that was that beginning of this relationship of using food to cope 
and really this turned into um, binging really quickly and of course at the time I didn't know what binge eating was I was just a kid but I had all the typical binge eating behaviors of sneaking around and hiding food and eating as much as I could when I can get around certain foods and always feeling out of control around food I remember I was in the Girl Scouts and so whenever the Girl Scout cookies would come around I would take my allowance and I would go and like buy the cookies and hope that nobody would notice that I would take a bunch of boxes to my room and sneak them and it was the same thing when it was like that time of year to sell chocolate bars I would always like take a bunch to my room and just eat them in in secrecy and then feeling so much shame and a feeling out of control but this was the only way that I knew how to cope right so when I was 12 years old I had an aunt who came to visit from Central America and she said to me, Nazira, if you lose 40 pounds by Christmas, I will buy you a brand new wardrobe. And it's interesting because at this time, I felt, again, like I just compared myself to other girls and their bodies and having this fantasy and this desire to be thin. And I would look at magazines and I would think to myself, one day when I'm really thin, then I'll have you know, all the beautiful clothing and have the perfect boyfriend and make the perfect friends. And so of course, when my aunt made me this promise of a new wardrobe, I immediately started my first diet. And it's interesting because I look back now at photos of myself when I was 12 years old and yeah, I mean, I was a chubby kid, but I wasn't like super overweight, you know, and I was still a kid, you know, I hadn't fully developed and come into my own at the time, but I had this desire. I was already internalizing the messages of thin is better. So I went on my first diet and I failed, completely failed. I didn't lose the 40 pounds by Christmas and I just felt so much shame and like a failure, like something was wrong with me that I couldn't lose this weight. And so my binging ended up getting even worse after I attempted this first diet and failed and felt so much shame and you know, like there was something wrong with me. I didn't have the willpower. And so eventually I did go on another diet and this time I was able to lose weight. Now I was towards the end of middle school, beginning of high school. And it was a time where I started working out and going to the gym and I had a friend that would also want to work out. So I would make my mom like drive us to the gym and we would spend hours at the gym. And yeah, I eventually lost weight and it started this cycle of still using food to cope, right? Because food from a really young age had become this coping mechanism. And so I hadn't let go of that just because I dieted and lost weight. I still had that coping strategy. So it became the cycle of restrict and binge. Of course, at the time I had no idea, but I remember I would lose weight and work out a ton. And then I would have a few days where I just felt completely out of control around food. And so this just went on and on for years. Uh, especially through high school. And then I went to college and then things got super interesting. I had a horrible roommate. She was just emotionally abusive. She wasn't in a really good place herself, but she didn't know how to deal with it. And so she turned it to me. And at the time, I still didn't have the tools to deal with my own emotions and I didn't have the tools or the knowledge or the ability to set boundaries. And so she would do things like steal my food, which, you know, was triggering for me because I had my own food stuff. And there she was with her own food issues, stealing my food. She would steal my clothes. I would find like my shirts and my underwear in her laundry bin. I mean, crazy stuff. And then she was just so mean. You know, we were in college, so we would 
drink on the weekends. And when there was alcohol involved, she just turned into this like horrible person. And I internalized all of that. And so of course I just kept turning to food to like numb the pain and comfort myself through all of this. And at the time my parents had called me and said that they were getting a divorce. So I had just left for college and then I get a phone call from my parents and they're like, we're gonna get divorced and we're gonna sell the house. And that was like so heartbreaking because I had this feeling of, oh my goodness, now what? Where do I go when I go back home? I don't have a home anymore. And so again, it's like all the pain and food was just always, always there. And I was studying to be an actress, so I was going to school to act, and I would audition for all these parts, and whenever I didn't get a part in a play, I automatically assumed that it was because of my body, and so I would feel so much shame, and then I would start a diet. I have to say, okay, I'm gonna lose weight so that next auditions I get a part because I'm gonna be skinny, and all actresses need to be super skinny. So go down these crazy diet cycles. And I had two friends, they were like my two closest friends in college. And one of them always had these crazy ideas for different diets. And my other friend and I would say, okay, fine, let's try it. And I'm not even gonna share what these diets were because they were so ridiculous, but we would do them. And my friend, my one friend and I, <laughs> A few days into the diet, it'd be like nine o'clock at night and we'd look at each other and we'd be like, we're starving. And so we'd get in the car and we'd drive 45 minutes to go get donuts and we would like binge on donuts. And so the cycle just kept going, but also like it felt a little bit better because for the first time I didn't feel so alone because I was A, dieting with other people. And when you, if you've been on a diet with like friends, it just feels good because you're not doing it alone. And you're like, okay, we can do this together. Like we can lose weight together. Um, and then if you've had friends who like binge together, like it also makes you feel a little bit less alone. So I was grateful to have like this one friend who would get in the car with me at like random hours of the night and go and like buy all these snacks and then we'd just like binge on them. And so this cycle really continued until my mid twenties. And at the time I was living in New York City, I was living with my boyfriend and I was working in fashion PR, which is a crazy industry to be working in because it's fashion, it's PR. First of all, it's just the nature of that industry is super catty, super competitive. And of course, it's all about the way you look. So I was constantly feeling the pressure to look a certain way and lose weight and maintain the weight off. So again, it was constant cycles of like binging and dieting. And you know, I was 25 years old and from the outside, if you looked at my life, you'd be like, that's amazing. You're living in New York, working in fashion, like what a life. But really I was miserable. I hated my job. My Again, I had this crazy boss and it was the nature of the industry. Like now looking back, I can see and like have compassion for my boss. But at the time she was just so mean and I would work till midnight sometimes. And my relationship with my boyfriend like wasn't great. Like we had been fighting and we had broken up and gotten back together a few times. And my binge eating just got worse, especially with the stress of work, working till midnight night sometimes I wouldn't eat all day and then I would go home and binge eat. Then a few years later I had the biggest blessing in disguise happen. One random weekend I was with my boyfriend we were home and he comes up to me and he says I think we need to break up this isn't working and this felt like it came out of nowhere we like I said we had broken up before but it was always like a lead up to that but this time it was like things were fine you know we weren't fighting and it was so out of left field and he just says we need to 
break up like it's not working and so i was completely heartbroken and this was like on a sunday night and then on monday i walk into work and i got laid off and so this was during the 2009 recession so in a way it was expected but a few weeks earlier the ceo had called this huge meeting and said don't worry no one's getting laid off we're all fine but of course it ended up happening and i got laid off and so I had this moment where it just felt like my life was falling apart. I was 25 years old. I had just broken up with my boyfriend. I had no job and I had to just decide what is it that I want my life to look like and feel like. And I was forced to slow down enough to, to go inward. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have because I was living in New York in this crazy, fast hustle culture that I would have just kept going with my life even though I was miserable. I probably would have kept going until who knows when, right? Until I really hit burnout. But I was lucky and fortunate enough. Looking back, I can see that this was a blessing in disguise to get laid off and to end a seven-year relationship. And I was forced to look at myself and my life and feeling the exhaustion of my relationship with food. I felt like I couldn't go on this way anymore. And so I was willing to try and do anything to heal. And so I started going to therapy for the first time. I hired a life coach. I started working with a holistic nutritionist. I started going to Overeaters Anonymous. I read a ton of books, especially all the books by Janine Roth. And I went on this healing journey. And all of that was super helpful. And to this day, I'm just so grateful for my first therapist, my first coach, and my initial teachers that helped me so much. Because up until that point, I didn't know what I was doing with food. I just felt so much shame. I felt alone. I didn't have the term binge eating. Like that wasn't part of my vocabulary. And so for the first time, I could see myself and I could see that my behaviors were a form of coping. And so that gave me hope. Okay, I can heal. I can recover from this. I understand what's happening to me. And then in 2014, I was introduced to intuitive eating. And then things really started to shift for me because I finally understood and realized that diets don't work and I was able to understand that pendulum swing that can happen when you diet that's like one side of the pendulum and then of course the other side of that is the binge and so I saw and understood every time I went into that binging and dieting cycle and what would happen to me and so even though I was binging and using food as a coping mechanism, I was also dieting. And so the dieting perpetuated the binging. And so I finally stopped dieting. I woke up one day and I said, no more, I'm not going to diet to compensate. Even if I binge, I'm just not gonna diet anymore. And it was super challenging, but I knew at that point, but I knew at that point that I just couldn't keep doing this. I was exhausted and I could see that it didn't work. You know, I had started dieting when I was 12. And so by the time I was like 26, 27, the dieting got harder and harder every time. And if you've ever dieted, you, you know that the first few diets, oh, this is easy. Like you can stick to the diet for longer periods of time and you can see that you're losing weight. But the more you diet, you start to realize 
realize it just becomes harder and harder to actually stick to the diet and to lose weight. So I let that go and that was so healing. And so in 2015, I started to share my story online. I created a blog and I became a plus size model. And this was such a rewarding time in my life because I finally felt like my life made sense. I was doing something that I enjoyed. I felt like I had a purpose and I was able to just show up and be myself, especially as a plus size model. I didn't have to shrink my body in order to fit into the clothes. And I was able to be part of this conversation around diversity and inclusion, which was so important and so needed you know, it still is needed, but at the time it really felt like, all right, we're turning a corner here and things are changing. And so it was not only rewarding for myself, but also rewarding for my little inner child to say, look, like, it's okay. Like you don't have, you didn't have to lose weight. Like here we are, we're actually being model, which is amazing. So I joined the body positive movement on Instagram and I built this incredible community as a content creator and just felt so rewarding and I loved every single minute of that experience and then in 2017 the second biggest blessing in disguise happened to me so I shared the first one in 2009 when I got laid off and my boyfriend broke up with me and then I had this second unexpected thing that happened to me and that was in 2017 and I was living in Brooklyn I loved my little studio apartment and again like I was doing the thing that I loved I was creating content I was modeling and things felt pretty good but unexpectedly I got a letter from my landlord saying that I had to move out like there was no choice like I just had to move out and I had this moment where I remember I sat in my apartment and I looked around and I said there's no way that I'm going to pack up my stuff look for another apartment and moving in general is a pain but moving in New York City is horrible and I had lived in New York for 14 years and I had lived in in different places already. I just didn't have the energy of going through that process of looking for an apartment, packing and moving. I just felt like I couldn't do it. And so I sat there and I said, okay, well, if I'm not gonna do this, then what am I supposed to do? And I started getting these intuitive hits that it was time to leave New York. And at the time I was like, no way, like I'm gonna live in New York for the rest of my life. Where else would I go? New York is the best city in the world. Like where else would I go? But the intuitive hits just kept getting louder and louder and louder. And I said, okay, if I leave New York, where am I gonna go? And the messages of travel just kept coming in so clear. And again, it was this thing of like, travel? What are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. And at the time I was not somebody who would ever have said, all right, I'm gonna go and like travel by myself. But that was the message that kept coming. And so I listened, I listened. And so at the end of 2017, I put my stuff in storage and I left. I left New York and this became a portal to meet myself in a deeper way. This was really, the homecoming that I was searching. I left everything I had, everyone I knew, and I bought a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia by myself. I was in Thailand for a few days and I realized that there was still so much healing and integrating that I still needed to do. There was this unconscious part of me that thought, if I travel to the other side of the world, all of my problems, my past unintegrated trauma, coping mechanisms, particularly around food, would just be gone. But the thing is that no matter where we go, there we are. We bring all of our baggage with us. 
literally and figuratively. So I made this intentional devotion to myself to be with all of the uncomfortable stuff that I hadn't looked at. And I just happened to travel to the right place in the world. You know, Southeast Asia is rich with healing arts and there's so many different modalities. And I said, all right, guide me, show me universe. I have an open heart. I have a desire to, to finally integrate everything that I've been avoiding. And so I just listened and I would go somewhere and then someone would suggest something and I would say, okay, and I would go. And so I went on this journey and I tried everything. And some of these things that I did when I was in Southeast Asia, I had never heard of. And some of them were super weird, but each thing, each experience really helped me to peel back the layers and finally heal from all of the emotional wounds, the childhood trauma, and finally release food as a coping mechanism. And after a few months of traveling, eventually my nervous system regulated and I was able to be fully present I was finally able to slow down enough to connect to my body and my soul in a way I had never done before. It truly felt like I was at home. I felt like I came home to my body for the first time. And it became more about who I was being and my experience rather than what my body looked like. And of course, you know, I want to share here that this is my journey. You know, you don't need to travel to the other side of the world to heal or to integrate or to release binge eating or to heal your body image. This is just my story and my journey. And so while I was traveling and doing all of this work, it became super clear to me that my bigger mission and my purpose was to help women heal, to heal their relationship with their body and food and to help women stop binge eating, to find other coping mechanisms and other coping strategies besides food and to also become embodied to feel at home and safe in their bodies and to know their bodies as sacred so this led me on this journey to becoming a certified coach and i've trained in so many different modalities embodiment ecstatic dance facilitating women's circles i trained in positive psychology in somatic and trauma healing i've also trained with the co-creator of intuitive eating evelyn trebol and and the center of body trust. And so I've taken everything that I've learned through my own personal healing journey and all my professional training, and I've fused it to create this methodology to help women heal their relationship with their bodies and food and to reclaim their bodies and so that they can come home to themselves. And over the past few years, I've had the privilege of guiding women in this process. And so over the past few years, I've had the privilege of guiding women in this process. And honestly, nothing makes me happier. So there you have it. That's my story. That's my journey. Thank you so much for listening. And I invite you to take some time to reflect on your own story. It's so powerful when we can become the narrators of our own life, of our own stories. And when we know our stories, then we, we can decide what we want to keep and what we want to let go of. And we can write a new story. And I want you to know that you don't need to do this alone. I'm here for you. Please reach out to me if you want to learn more about my one-on-one -on -one or group coaching programs. I would love to support you on your journey.
Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you heard something that resonated, then please consider subscribing, rating the show, and leaving an Apple Podcast review. This is the best way to spread this message and get these much-needed conversations out into the world. I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate your support and feedback. So as a thank you, I want to give you the Body Reclamation Toolkit and Meditation that I created exclusively for podcast listeners. When you subscribe and leave a review, take a screenshot and email it to support at nazirasakasa.com or DM me on Instagram at nazira.sakasa and I will send you those gifts. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and support on your body reclamation journey.